Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you at Rogers Place, Edmonton, and Dallas tomorrow. Dallas and Calgary tonight. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops. IT plotters software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. In this hour, in 38 seconds time, we'll talk to Dave Lumley, Oilers alum, a guy that was part of a couple pretty unique experiences of having big nights and not getting the first star, which makes the guy chuckle. Uh, Don't know quite quite what that's like, but, uh, and uh, we'll hear, get an update in the farm as well. Uh, from Jay Woodcroft. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. We are on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan Escott at Brendan Escott. As we head off to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. We welcome back a guy that was part of three Oilers Championship teams, Dave Lumley. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Pretty good. What's going on, man? Well, I, th- I I thought of you last night, and I had a couple guys text me last night thinking about you as we watched Ryan Nugent Hopkins get a hat trick in last night's game. Two hat tricks in last night's game. It was like '80s night at Rogers at Rogers Place. I mean, that happened all the time back in the day when you played, right, Dave? I, I was there last night, and that was so much fun to watch. But you know what got me thinking is why can't they do it all the time? You know, they're going to be kicking themselves at the end of the year with missed opportunities. And what if, eh? What if? Yeah. And God, God, they looked so good last night. Yeah, and you know, that, we just had that conversation with Craig Simpson. Why can't they do that all the time? Yeah. Uh, and, and we can get into some of the why nots in a second. But I do want to, I, I do want to do this. I know Wayne has told a story, and as you know, Wayne is sometimes with us on the road. I think he's coming in town late next week as well. Um, but he's told a story a couple times where guys have gotten hat tricks, and 
I got the sense he actually felt bad because he ended up being selected first star. On I know it happened once with Don Ashby in Toronto. Uh, God rest his soul. And uh, and if I'm not mistaken, was it against? He had a big game against Minnesota, like a nine four nine five game or something like that, where he had like three and three, and he got. Yeah, first. I can't remember the score of the game, but uh, just a little bit of the backstory. You remember I had that 12-game goal-scoring streak? Yep. Well, the 13th game was in Calgary, and I think I only had one shot on net, so that was a missed opportunity right there. The next game, the 14th, what would have been 14 in a row, I had three goals and three assists and was second star. <laughs> yeah, well, you know who was, you know who was first? Wayne. With seven points, yeah. And I sat beside him in the locker room for like eight years. <laughs> it was the only time I'm said to him, Kratz, come on, can you not give a teammate a break just once? Now, and, uh, yeah, we had a good laugh about didn't, it. Didn't he have the seven points in the first two periods of that game as well? I just, I, oh, can't, I, I can't remember what happened lunch yesterday, Bob. Come yeah, on. well, no, I could have sworn he was, like, exhausted because it was, like, the second of a back-to-back. You guys had lost in Calgary and come home to Minnesota. I think you played in Calgary on a Friday and were playing mini at home on a Saturday or something. And yeah. Th- th- does that, is that, so you get you get three goals and six points in a game. Yeah. And Wayne, now did he set you up for all three goals? No, I think they were both end. Uh, all three of them were end to end solo rushes. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe that? If you I, believe that? Stop. Dave, I don't, I don't <laughs> believe too much. Let me tell you. <laughs> I can, of course, he set me up. I mean, he set me up Jeez, man. Yeah, yeah those, those games. You know, just to be a part of that. I, I say to some people at the uh, at the games, I said, you know how many times we watch McDavid. And uh, he'll do something. I'll elbow the guy beside me. Do you see that? That was unreal. Now take myself out of the equation. But there were six or seven guys on the teams that I played with where people in the stands were doing that. Like those guys were doing it four or five times each yeah. a game. It must have been so unbelievable to watch. Every game looked, that looked like last night's game. Yeah, you know, uh, I've given Brandon Escott, who's producing the show, he's come from B.C., we don't hold him against that, a little bit of an assignment, and that's to go on YouTube and watch the the games of the Oilers of the 80s. This great miss, Dave, I, I know you don't like talking about yourself a lot, but the great misnomer, like Wayne Down plays how good of a skater he was. Did he ever, yeah. did he ever get beat to a loose puck, ever? Never, never. It was an awkward stride, but, it, you know, it didn't look smooth, but he got there ahead of everybody else, that's for sure. And he had a killer instinct, too, didn't he? Oh, stop. When he had a point or two early in the game, yeah. like, what he used to do is he would always sit at the end of the bench after he came off the ice. And if, let's say he had just gotten off the ice and uh, the other team took a penalty, so we have the power play. He would stand up and rattle the gate to get Sailor's attention so he'd get back out there. Yeah. Well, when he was when he had a couple of points early in the game, like there was one game in uh, L.A. I think Mass scored at about 13 seconds, and I scored at 25 seconds. Yeah. So L.A. is down two nothing. Well, Gretz had no part of those two goals, but uh, the light in his eyes. All right, it's going to be one of those nights. He was he was really excited. It, it, I mean, it is a completely different game, Dave, as you can attest to today. Much lower scoring, though this is a higher scoring season than the last couple in the NHL. And I think that's what made, and, and I know, look, we're all frustrated that the Oilers are in the position that they're in. You know, best case scenario, they finished, you know, 40, 34, and 8. That's the absolute best they can finish. They left money on the table. They blew some games at home. They shouldn't, all those things. 
But that's what made last night so much fun, wasn't it? Just that, hey, there, I mean, we got, it was perfect. We had goals, we had fights. It was old school. I know, it was great. Well, and to think that we, the team I was on back then, we averaged, averaged five and a half goals a game for. So you can imagine how many eight, nine, ten goal games there were. Yeah. So, I mean, we were the first team to ever score 400 goals in a season. Do you remember the math? It's math. Eighty games. That's five five goals a game. And I and I, I I'm pretty sure you played the game. You guys went into Toronto uh, and Wayne in, in your first year in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Were you on the team that year? You were on the team that year. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I scored my twentieth goal that year in Toronto. And uh, you guys, uh, it, it was a big deal because it's hockey night in Canada. And Wayne gets six points. Don Ashby and Blair McDonald had great games too. Yeah. And, and Ashby got the six-point performance, and Wayne was setting up shop. What was it like when you roared into Toronto with 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 Wayne at that time? Oh, I mean, that city was like Gretz. He was like he was a god coming to town. Right? Nobody had seen him yet, and uh, yeah, the the uh, press was all over him that those couple of days we were there, but um, he knew how to handle it. He's all right. I know you got to head off to an event here at 1.30. I'm just going to ask you one more question. It's back to 81. Okay. It's to 1981, because I got Brendan on a trivia question yesterday, because uh, you got the empty netter that made it 5-2, and then Wayne decided he wanted to score a hat-trick with 12 seconds left to make it 6-2. But you were, you know, Canadian's property at one time. Yeah. At what point during the course of that series in 1981 did you believe you could beat these guys? Probably not until we did beat them. Really? Yeah. Well, the, again, the backstory to that is is the last night of the regular season, we had already finished our season. Okay. And it was the time when the first place team played 16, 1 and 16, 2 and 15. So uh, the night that the season ended, Billy Joel was here in concert. And uh, Glenn Sather says, okay, you guys all go to see the concert and then come down to the dressing room after the game. By that time, we'll know who we're playing. And I thought Buffalo, some of the guys thought St. Louis, and then the Rangers. And he says, well, we're playing the Montreal Canadiens, boys. Well, it was like letting the air out of the balloon, and everybody's going, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and we end up sweeping them three games straight. Never say never. And, uh, yeah, and that, that uh, was the series where I fell on my head, and I thought I'd broken my neck. And um, got 11 stitches between periods and came out and scored the empty netter. I'm good at those empty netters, Bob. That's my claim to fame, I think. You got one against the Islanders, too, didn't you, in 84, the 5-2? Yeah, in the Stanley Cup, the last, the last game of the Stanley Cup final. Never miss an empty net. Never. Dave, <laughs> we'll get you in the studio this summer. Thanks for sharing some uh, stories with us, okay? All right, buddy. Take care. Take care. That is uh, former Edmonton Oilers. He won three Stanley Cups in Edmonton. Dave Lumley, he's been there. I mean, last night, Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets a hat trick. He's the second star. What the cha- We haven't seen that happen in nine years in the NHL. It was a wild night. And again, Dave said the same thing that <laughs> Craig Simpson said. Why are we in this position right now, given some of the talent that the Oilers have? And I, I, I do think the game is slightly different. The ability to sustain things. The irony is, in many respects, I think the Oilers have played some of their better hockey on the road. Uh, haven't had a, I mean, you got to be 625, 650 at home, and Edmonton's not going to finish with that record at home. 
they still have a chance to make the playoffs. This fall, you can join the president of New West Travel, Dennis Laliberti, on an exclusive visit to Italy and Greece, spectacular 16-day holiday. It starts with a nine-day tour of Italy, visiting the beautiful cities of Rome, Florence, and Venice with daily guided tours, then board NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular seven-night Greek island cruise, including meals, nightly entertainment, a private sunset dinner in gorgeous Santorini. Plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. They're sold 50% off right now. Reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. We are going to get to some texts and some other discussion points. Still have Jay Woodcroft coming up as well. Uh, we're going to get him to really kind of drill down a bit on Tyler Benson and what's going to give him an opportunity to be in the mix next year, though I don't think planned for to be on the team. And maybe that was part of the problem that undermined Edmonton this year. Ty Ratty, Yarvi, and Kater Yamamoto, 15 combined goals in preseason. And as it's turned out, nine goals from that trio during the regular season. Paul Yarby, who is in town but uh, rehabbing his hip issue, gone for the year. Yamamoto down on the minors. He's had an injury-plagued year. Back in the lineup right now. And Ty Ratty, who uh, is boxed out of the Oilers lineup. And they do have, in fairness. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 36 goals from two right wings. Chase on with 21, Cassian from 15. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is 120 in Edmonton. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers Now. Email us, OilersNow at 630Ched.com. From Bonneville, hot off the presses on our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. They're in a small town, but they're a big-time dealership. You can text us at 630-630. John says, I had season tickets in the 80s and always watched the visitors' warm-ups from the lower level. The Habs looked scared that night back in 1981. Okay, you know what's interesting? Dave said the owners weren't sure they were going to win it until they'd won it. You watch the highlights, and it's it's tough because you can get uh, parts of game two on YouTube. Actually, if anybody can ever get access to Game 1, if they got a copy of it, I would love it. Because the Canadians fans were very cultured and, and knowing. And they could, I think they could sense at parts of Game 2 that the worm was starting to turn. And Montreal, I mean, Montreal was only two years removed away from winning the Stanley Cup. They won their fourth cup in 78-79. Of course, the Islanders won in 79-80 against the Flyers in six. But there was moments as Paul Coffey was rushing the puck or Risto Siltonen was making plays in the back end. Obviously, Gretzky, you know, Messier hadn't reached his complete zenith in uh, by 80-81 in terms of where he was going to go to. Uh, was involved in a, a nasty sort of exchange with Larry Robinson. And Larry Robinson was one badass you-know-what at that stage in Larry Robinson, when he decided to chuck him, he was he was big time. Just ask Dave Schultz. 
but the Canadians were slightly in a down cycle. They lost Sam Pollock, uh, and there was some arrogance maybe with Richard Seventy, their goaltender. So if you saw something, John, when you were at that game in 81, a little bit of nervousness, I think it was the reality that this thing might be slipping away and, and the orders were surging. It was an awesome series, 1981. Bob, would you trade for Drew Doughty and don't say Nugent Hopkins or Drysaddle out of Grand Prairie? Well, I'm assuming you're saying also not McDavid. Yes, in a word, I would. Of course I would. Why would you not? He's one of the two best defensemen in the NHL. I don't know how you get him for $11 million. So, Hey, Bob, the cult is at River Cree June 7th. Yes, they are. And I'm going to be giving a friend a call for that night. You can text us at 630-630. Bob, can you speak to Mark Spector's article on our Heartland Ford text line that the Oilers should trade RNH? In my opinion, this is exactly what is wrong with the Oilers. How many players have we traded away before they've reached their peak and become solid veteran presence in the lineup? I don't get it. Keep the Nuge and Larson, too, from that matter, from Karsten. I will say this. I mean, Adam Larson's had a tough year. He's going to be better next year. You know what else? We all know. I had this conversation with somebody tonight in the... At, at the morning at the practice uh, before the orders got going today. T- Tobias Reader obviously has had a difficult campaign. I'm gonna He scored 12 to 16 goals for four straight years. He has not scored this year. Uh, the situation last week with Bob Nicholson, which Bob Nicholson apologized for. Tobias Reader would be the first guy to tell you he hasn't been good enough this season. He knows it. Everyone knows it. Tobias Reader at eight hundred thousand bucks next year, nine hundred thousand dollars. My guess is bounces back and scores double digit goals. He's got to get his nose back into the grease and the grime of the game, and that was great last night with the fans. Kyle and Slave Lake says, "Bob, what about Chris Pronger's GM? Don't see it. Not experienced enough in that role yet. Uh, real smart guy. Two or three years down the road, definitely, definitely." Keith has texted us from Bonnyville. Bob, someone was speaking in the last few weeks how the Oilers can't handle a good stretch of positive results. I hope the win last night can convince them moving forward that they are worthy and maybe they can stop beating themselves. The worm has turned from Keith. The fact, Keith, that it happened against L.A., like some, you know, some people are saying, well, L.A. is old, they're slow, they played the night before. Those are all true. But the Kings have had a bit of a psychological barrier against the Oilers, and the Oilers open it up. Edmonton's got to go, you know, the game against Dallas starts there. Then the game against Anaheim. Go grab the game in the first period. Don't let control of it go. You're playing teams in the back-to-back. you got to be going. Do want to mention, and Brendan, I know you got this plug out there. Uh, Sam Steele got a hat-trick last night. Did you see how he scored third goal, Brendan? See what happened in that sequence of plays? Yeah, that was uh, the throwing stick, right? Yeah, and Granlin didn't even know the rule. And then uh, Steele uh, got a penalty shot goal and went to the back end. What a great story. The Steele family went through an incredibly traumatic event. Uh, it's terrific to see him play. He was part of that 12-13 lockout year, which was really deep for Alberta, for Bantam draft-eligible prospects. And uh, we're going to talk about another one of those guys, Tyler Benson, who went number one that year. Steele went number two. Of course, Steele went 30th overall. Uh, to Anaheim, Benson went 32nd overall to Edmonton, and Tyler Benson got robbed a large portion of his junior career due to injury. So we're going to hit on that as well. Reggie NRD, I'm calling it now, Reader scores the uh, goal to put the Oilers in the playoffs. 
Again, you can text us at 630-630. You can tweet us at orders now. We got a guy that's uh, texting the show like five days in a row. He must think he's pretty cool. There we go. Tiny Ted says, Bob, I still think Mr. Nicholson was 100% correct. 15 goals from Tobias probably gets us at least into a couple overtimes throughout the season, which puts us in a wild card spot right now from Tiny Ted. Uh, Yeah. Well, it it didn't happen for him. Um, Some guy, I mean, you trade Ryan Strom, you trade Drake Kajula. Those were top nine pieces, and... Tobias, again, would be the first value. Has not produced like a top nine forward that the orders were hoping for. It's the inevitability of the situation. 127 in Edmonton. Um, Jim from Provost, you nail it. Bob, I watched the Schultz-Robinson tilt. If you watch the whole brawl, uh, Robinson is leaning on the glass and a fan hands him a beer after he beats up Schultz. True. Great moment from Jim in Provost, Alberta. The home of Russ Houston. Yes, you are correct. That was old school. It's 127. This is Oilers Now. When we come back in Oilers Now, uh, we will hear from Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, after a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodois. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.